Good afternoon. Good evening. It's one minute past six. This is church part three, and it's called the living organism, the church. Okay. We're a part of the church. Remember, just to recap a little bit, the church is not a building. It's, it's not a place that's filled with stained glass windows, steeples and bowels. That's man's work of the church. But that's not what God's design is. God's design of church is that we're living stones, people built into a spiritual house, like this, this hall right now. It's just a hall all through the week. And on the Sunday afternoon... From five o'clock onwards, the church meets here. Home of the free church meets here today. We're called out of darkness into light. Out of the darkness of the world, out of the structure and the principles of the world, into the light of God's word. Now God's word is our wisdom what God says should be what goes. That's the way it works. God's word is true. It's perfect. Absolutely bang on. It's the plumb line. It's the line, the straight line by which we move. I'm not on about how you feel in any given situation. I'm talking about what the Bible said. I'm not talking about... The people who come from the kingdom all down the road are really nice people. And, and I really like them. And, and because they're so nice, what they're talking about must be the truth. That's not the way it works. There are good people who are seriously deceived. Jesus said in John 8.32, You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, we're not an organisation, we're an organism that we're all working here to fulfil one purpose. Did you qualify to come to church? No. How did you end up here? God called us out. We heard a gospel message that changed our heart, that brought light into a dark place, and our eyes were opened, and we responded to a message that just seemed too good to be true. But the fact is, it is. So we were, were born into church. We're born into a family. We're born into a family. And just like in our families are on a natural level, they know the good and bad of us. We're real kind of people. But we've seen to find areas of growth, areas where we, it doesn't work for us. We find out the weak things about ourselves and we find the positive things and we work on them. This is what happens in church. We're a family. 
The Bible calls us the body of Christ. The Bible calls us the circumcision, the bride. Our qualification is this church, that for God so loved us, he gave his only son. That's the value he's put on me and you. He values us so much, or values you so much, that he gave Jesus, and Jesus took all that he did, so that he could create a place called church. That he could get, take people who were dead in sin, wrapped up and destitute, And created an opening for them to come together and worship him. The qualification we have is that he loves us. He values us. Just like with our own natural children if we've got them. Sometimes we, don't, we never stop loving them and caring for them. But sometimes the things they do are just... Uh, uh, do you know what I mean? We don't do it. But does that stop us from loving them as parents? No. God loves us that much. When we see the Christ hanging on the cross. That much. That's the kind of value we have as a body of people. Last week we talked about what the church is not. Now I'm talking about we're called a, we're a living organism and we're a part of the church. And we need to understand that we're an incredibly blessed people. We're washed in the blood of Jesus. Forgiven of our sin, past, present and future. An incredible statement that that is. And God has empowered us to be the righteousness of God that we can live in peace on a daily basis through this world and no victory and no victory. Come across a great statement, and I could only see it in Stato so I didn't dig too much about it. Just to read you this little bit. Um, it's in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, and in, in the greeting at the beginning it says this, To the church of the Thessalonians in God to the church of the Thessalonians in God. Well, the thought is God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The church in God. So that's an incredible statement. Think about that. 
In Colossians 3.3 it says, But we, according to this world, we've died, for our real life is hidden in Christ, in God. And the church we're attending, if it's following the New Testament pattern of church, is hidden in God. We're encompassed by Him. He's amazing. God's amazing. Thanks, Lewis. Lewis, you're going to read something to you. What chapter is one of those? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow greater honour, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honour to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism. schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers and miracles, do all have gifts of healing? And do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I'll show you a more excellent way. Thanks, Lewis. Welcome to the church. The church has order and purpose. There's reason why you were here. There's reason why God's called you out of darkness. Because there's areas that God wants you to serve within this body. 
The church is a world church, global church, that covers over many, many different lands and nations. But within churches, that same structure is in place. You're a part of a body. Lewis has just read. I'm going to start from the very beginning and just break a little bit down as quick as I can because time goes so quickly. So from verse 12 again, for, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members are from one body, being many, but they're still one body, so also is Christ, for by one spirit we were all baptised into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, but we've all made to, be, to drink from that same spirit. Imagine your own individual body, the, the many parts that it takes to make you one, all the parts that work together to make you happen. So you come to church tonight, think about that. For us, all the different backgrounds, all the different upbringings, the different ways we've had our experiences in life, all in different areas of need and strengths and weaknesses. But in God, God made us all equal. We've got no qualification when we came here. We said last week that God chosen the weak things of the world. God chose the shameful things of the world, the despised things of the world, the things that have nothing. Well, that's what we've got in common. So that God can start bringing glory from our life in what he does. You might be just coming to church. and I mean, some have only been coming a couple of weeks and thinking, man, I only turned up for, to pop and to sing a few songs and you're giving me all this kind of stuff going on. Well, I'm just telling you what the Bible says that church is. When God forgive you, he set you up. Not set you up, set you up, but he empowered you to live a life that was going to bring a blessing into the people's lives around you. Because what you know, what you're being taught, what you're beginning to hear, is absolutely the solution to why there's all the problems out there, and Jesus did it all, amended it. He is the solution. What qualifies us? We've all had an experience with Jesus. We know he's real. We know he's true. And we know that there's more to it than what we know right now. So we're the church. <coughs> Say I'm part of the church. Part of the church. Next few verses. For in fact the body is not one member... <coughs> but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing, if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, listen to this, just as 
God's called you out. Before he called you out, he's invested something in you. He's invested something as he pleases. And the idea is that the church brings you to a place where you get kind of close, you and him. You know, you get a bit... You get to have a relationship with Jesus. Because he's created things and put things in us. That when we connect, the very desires of our heart are going to be poured out. And the very thing that we really, 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 really want to do is wrapped up in him. Wrapping up in knowing him and finding out what I've been created for. Hallelujah. It's pretty powerful stuff that is, you know. You've got to go home and listen to the tape and think about it. It's incredible stuff. And it's give us strengths to do different things within the body. It's not getting my hand to play football, is it? My foot to play tennis. We've all got strengths that's been God-given for us. Some are put out on display. Some are quiet in the back. Richard doesn't say much. I have to leave him out of that seat to get him up the front. But he's happy as Larry in the back there, creating the backdrops, getting the words up, going through the scriptures, working on this stuff. And that's a part of a gift of a talent that he's got. And from our point of view, we, we're looking to drag some stuff, get people overcome the fear into a place where they really want to go. Wherever it's behind the sound desk, whether it's up here, behind the keyboard, behind the microphone, doing some stuff in the, the office, whatever it might be, all this is part of a body. All this is part of the church. People just love sharing about Jesus and love people. Other people back off from people. Think, no, no, I can't do that, I can't do that. Now, sometimes the people who carry away, because they just can't see themselves doing that, are, are the, sometimes the people who, once they develop the, the gift, they're wonderful in front of people. They overcome the pride of being aware of themselves and recognise, well, I don't care, I just want to let people know that they're loved, God loves them, Jesus is real. And, and that changes everything. But we're all, this is why we're at church, this is why Paul, who wrote this, talked about structure within the church. I mean, it's not just turning up. You're the church where you are. For you guys who have unbelieving spouses, your obedience blesses the house. 
you're the priest over the house I'm just telling you what the word says and we need to be aware and recognize that it's lovely because it's how he pleased if you read Psalm 139 you'll find that God's knitted all things together in you in the, the womb of your mother before you was even a substance and yet God's at work within you creating things within you before you was even flesh the very one who created you put things in you that were going to work in areas of life be it music, be it sociably, be it historically, be it serving we're all here to serve one another I'm serving you I'm sharing the word with you, I serve with you I serve you because I'm singing songs and encouraging us to get to a place where I'm serving you. And Jesus came to serve. And we're all here, here. We're all here to serve him in one form or another. Serving him is going to somebody and putting your arm around and saying oh how you doing I was thinking about you today you know are you alright is there anything I can do for you are you alright you know yeah I'm fine <laughs> Chris come and said to me, something to me last week hey bless me we can, there are people here who won't pray out loud but sitting quietly praying for us Maybe most days, you know, this quiet. And that might be something they'll do all their life. No one knows anything about them, they're just quiet, out the way in the corner. Oh Lord, I pray for Sid and I pray for all the people that go to home with the free. And this person knows little bits about everybody and they go, Oh, if Tony would do this, I'll just pray for that Lord and I Rachel will do this and Lynn will do that and James will do that. Oh Lord, please. And it's all working. Do you know, but the body's working. It's like a blood flow going through the, all the vessels and the prayers of that person's touching you and touching me and touching you and we're be getting oiled as a body, an organism. Because we are one organism, all working. None of us is... Um, none of us is not needed. We give more honour to the ones that... Incredible God is, you know. He takes the things that the world would laugh at and despise and give them honour. <laughs> the things that have got no worth, he worths them. And the things who think they don't need anything, they're the bee's knees, well, you just sort yourself out. Because the worst thing... The worst thing we can do is come to God that we've got something to give him. I went through this last week, I'm not going to do it again. Because we haven't got anything. And self-righteousness is the worst sin. The worst sin.
whatever it is that God's put in you, remember you were made to do this whatever it is we're here for a reason and a purpose because right now I've said it before there are people in your sphere of life in your family in your friends who don't know Jesus who are perishing who if they would die would be separated from God and go straight down all these gifts that we have from God carry with it responsibilities God gives a trust oh thanks Lord then comes the responsibility that's what happens when you've been given a trust to have your eyes open to recognise the truth and someone's blind and can't see it don't you think your responsibility is to somehow shine and not give up incredible So this is not what we think. It's about what he knows. God knows. So we need to get connected to him, because he knows. He's got your answer. If it is it's in you right now, but the way to get it out is to speak to him about it. Whatever that might be. Paul said, I press on towards the goal for which God has called me in Christ Jesus I forget about the things that were behind me but I press on things that we've happened in the past that they can't help us there's nothing they can do like I say we learn by it and leave it learn by it and leave it walk away because God's got something better for us this gospel is good news I mean, really good news. And we're a part of it. We're carrying it. We are living letters. The good news of the kingdom is me. The good news about the kingdom of God is you. Right where you are, in amongst your family, in amongst the squabbling and the growling and the moaning, it's you. And sometimes we give in and squabble and moan with them as well. But, you know, sometimes we do. But do you remember the scripture it says about Jesus last week? He was there trying to work miracles and he couldn't because they were saying, this is, that's just the chippy, that's just the carpenter from down the road, that Joseph's kid, he can't do anything. And it, that's just toneless. They've lived in the house there for years. What? What are they going to do? That's Bernie. Just to have a kick up the bomb every time we get to church. 
People will look to you and they'll know you and they'll remember you for the worst things that you've done. Even after you've done lots and lots of good things, do one bad thing and they'll remember it. God's not like that, thank God. We are a little like it. Oh, remember that, Lord? She isn't that. <laughs> well, man, I've been feeling guilty about this for a week. Well, why? I've forgiven you the very second you did it. And you're walking around carrying a burden of that. Why? Learn, leave behind, and walk. God loves us. Doesn't love the things we do sometimes. But loves us all the same. So we, we're all part of this body. The church is an organism that works. And our attitude should be, how can I give to this body? I'm not on about finance. That is part of it. Some people pray and give. Some people give and want to get involved in other ways because they've just got a desire to want to do that. But that's what God does. Because when you get in touch with the Creator, come on, this is uh, excellent stuff, you know what I mean? We've become priests and kings. We don't wear robes. We don't fandangle all the smoking vases and walk down touching, the, doing all this we love God from the heart. We can wear robes and be a million miles away from him, thinking about your Sunday dinner. You can't read a book because you need a prayer book to read it from because you've got nothing in your heart to read it from. And then there's people who are dressed looks like normal people like us who love him from our heart. And we can... Bring praise and worship to him passionately. John 4, 24 says, God seeks worshippers who will worship him in spirit and truth. Not just lip service. Not just behaviour. Do all the good is right. Because it looks good and it's the right thing to do. But we love God. We've had an experience with Jesus is real. And then we're starting to come in with our, our destiny, our life's purpose, what we were being created for. This is to figure out who God is. Jesus is alive and real. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There are people in here who don't know him yet. I'm not saying you've got to understand everything about what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm saying is you've got to know that and believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin. He died, was buried, was crucified and was resurrected from the dead. And his blood was shed to forgive us and initiate a brand new covenant. Is there anybody who wants to give their lives right now? 
Come on, Jack. Come on, Jack. Chris, come up here. This is something that's going to be done out of your own heart. People can't. If you, people can't force you. No one forces you to do anything. You do what you do because there's a desire inside you that you know that it's the right thing to do, and I want to do it. And it's the Holy Spirit who comes close and says, "I'm going to have this." What Sid's talking about. This is, this is real and I want it. I need to know that I'm born again. I need to know that I'm forgiven. I need to know that I want, and I want to be a part of the church. I want to make him Lord of my life. This means purpose and commitment. Is that right? I mean, I'm saying this kind of indirectly telling you as well. Because this is about, this is not a simple commitment. This is the best commitment, the best decision James is going to make in his life. This is going to be foundational to everything that he's going to build in his life. Like us, we come to realize, we come to church, we get a nice feeling of it, and we say, I want to do that. Then suddenly we realize, wow, God's saying I need to do this, I need to do that. And he doesn't say, if you don't do that, I'll give you a slap. He loves us into a place where we want to give ourselves because it's what we've been wanting in every area of our life. It's what we want to give. It's what we want to receive. It's what we want to be a part of. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to um, say a prayer and I want you to repeat it after me, James. All right. Okay. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Right now, right now, I've heard the gospel message. I've heard the gospel message that Jesus died for me. That Jesus died for me. He was crucified. He was crucified and buried. And buried. And he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead. I believe it. I believe it. The blood that came out of his body. The blood that came out of his body. Wash my sin away. Washed my sin away. And I believe it. And I believe it. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for giving my life for your life for me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life for me. This was a serious thing you did. This was a serious thing you did. And I receive your forgiveness. And I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. I receive your healing. I receive your righteousness. I receive your righteousness. And I stand right now. And I stand right now. Born again. Born again. Washed in the blood. Washed in the blood. And I... And call I, you King. Call you King. And Lord. And Lord. And I will follow you. And I will follow you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. For dying for me. For dying for me. Amen. 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 Amen.
You know, the transformation that takes place when we get born again, that some of us experience it in different ways, different kinds of strengths. But when Jesus comes back, that miracle that's taken place, and there's one taking place in James' spirit right now, he was dead. But now he's been made alive. The sin that hung in the nature that he was created with has been changed. All things have passed away, been washed away, and it's been made new. Hallelujah. And he won't know that anymore when that day comes, when he steps out and that spirit man is changed right now will be effectual for us all to see on that day. Everything that's taken place and everything that does take place for the most part is by faith. We believe. We believe and that's the righteous live by faith. It's not what we see, but sometimes we see. But it's what the Bible says is the truth. This doesn't update itself. We don't need to update this. It's not like an Apple Mac or a Windows machine. It's got all the truth embedded in it and it's everything in the world centred around this. This is the heart. This is the, the Bible, the acronym, basic instructions before leaving earth. you got a problem. The answer to that problem is in here. You've got some questions. The answer to that question is in here. Well, actually, right now, as Christians as well, the author of this Bible is where? Is in us. Hallelujah. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're born again. Oh, man. We're the church. God's put you here on purpose. <laughs> That's like saying that. God's put you here on purpose. You didn't accidentally... <laughs> I mean the church. Now we were born into it. And through his preeminence, he knows why we're all here. I'll read a scripture for you. We'll finish with a scripture. Incredible scripture about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, 
that in all things he may have the preeminence. Jesus is, is the, the head of the church, like the heart and the brain is the head of the body that directs it where and how to go. Well, the thoughts and the direction come from the head. And so it's my responsibility and the leaders of the church here so that we walk in a direction that's given to us from him, from God, from the Holy Spirit in the things that we do, in the things that we share, in the things that we teach. We have responsibilities in that areas, And equip you. Help equip you. If, you, if, not, if some of you aren't interested in getting equipped, then we can't equip you. But if you're interested and you want to give to God and serve him in a way that God's called you to do that, then we'll do everything we can to help and support and direct you. But you belong to the living organism, the church, here on the planet to share the good news of God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Thank you for the word that's been shared. I thank you, Lord, for the life that has been given. I thank you, Lord, for the blood that's been shed. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who's here, manifest with us. And Lord, we thank you for the days, for the weeks, the months and the years as we go ahead, as we allow you to take control and direct us as individuals and as a, a body, a living organism designed to bring you glory in these areas, Lord. Father, I give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen.